Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the State of Love and Trust, the Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and I'm alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Woo! I feel like I'm on crack doing that one. That was real fast and tight. I like um, it. We've got a, a show that doesn't have a lot of parts to it, but I think has a lot of meat on those parts. So we're just going to kick it into high gear, Paul, if that's okay with you. I love it. Okay. Let's, 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 uh, let's downshift for a second and then punch it. There you go. Oh, I, I, I see what you're doing, what you're doing yeah. here. I see what you're doing yeah. here. Um, <laughs> you'll get that in a second. So episode 51, we, we have turned the corner to the back half of our first 100 episodes. We are now, um, we are definitely available for ARP, what the podcast is. But um, we got some news. It's not like big news, but the news is that, remember we talked about maybe a couple months ago, there was, there was a guitar that was coming out, a, mm-hmm. a, a Mike McCready signature custom shop fender stratocaster 1960 not 1959 yeah and paul it's a huge discrepancy now. and it is available for the lovely low price of fifteen thousand dollars us <laughs> yeah, a- and the irony and, and we joked about this last time when mike was essentially saying you know when he was younger and he would mock these high price guitars and then suddenly here he is in a position where he's able to release something like this and even he joked at the price you know but hey it is what it is i mean apparently he said in an interview that he paid seven thousand dollars for it at the time in 19 that was a lot of money in 91 a lot of money back then i guess they must have gotten their first big check from sony for for how well tended and that's what he went out and bought he bought out that guitar and now it's worth god knows how much money but you can buy a beautifully perfect near perfect copy of that guitar from Fender on their custom shop website for 15 grand. There's a little five minute uh, interview vignette video by Fender on their YouTube page. It's really cool. Check that out if you're a guitar nerd. And yeah, in an unrelated story, Paul, can I borrow $14,000? <laughs> so you you have a grand lying around. I can you sell some stuff. Shady. I can you sell some stuff. You can sell some stuff. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Bing, bing, boom. This episode, we're going to talk about music videos. And I think when we think about music videos, we think about storytelling. Music videos are supposed to be all about storytelling, making the theme, the story, the vibe of the song come to life to complement the music, right, Paul? That's, that's yeah. why the most successful videos are often the ones that are like mini films. And we forget about those ones that are like solely performance-based that are like just kind of a bunch of non sequiturs. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. But I will say that when we talk about music videos, there are a lot of angles that we can come at this from. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because there are so many angles that we can come at this from, this is essentially precursor to what will amount to a larger conversation spread out over multiple episodes. Mm -hmm. So tonight, we're just going to focus on one of those angles. That angle being... Which Pearl Jam video is your favorite video and mine? And mm-hmm. which 
video of a Pearl Jam song do we wish had received the proper video treatment? That was not one of those just, you know, live one-offs. Correct. So to your point, officially Pearl Jam have around 24 music videos, but honestly, like you said, we only, we know that there's only really been a handful of actual ones with like a proper storyboard. You've got Jeremy, you got oceans to a degree, life ways yeah. to do the evolution, mind your manners and retrograde. I, th- I think are the ones that, that got some sort of treatment beyond just like, Hey, play your instruments and mock, you know, imitate what you would be doing if you're playing it live. Yeah. And oh, well, I mean, I, I guess you could say super blood wolf moon. It kind of, of kind of straddles it a little bit. It's animated, it's, but it is a animated. band playing. That's true. That's true. So I, I didn't I didn't really include it in that particular thing, but you could put it in the second half of our conversation. Now, I find it really hard to judge these other videos um, that feature band performances so so much because I mean the early videos outside of Jeremy seemed like something that Sony kind of slapped together just for promotional purposes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even oceans with its cliff diving slash surfing scenes doesn't really add any kind of narrative around the super slow-mo live performance scenes. Does it for you? No, I, I feel like that video is more about a way of life. It just kind of captures an element of the band, mostly Eddie. And, uh, although I will say that, did you know that how good stone looked with that shirt off? Yeah, man. When these gents were in in their in their <laughs> in their younger days, you know, I think they, they could pull a, they could pull off a favorable Point Break impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought Point Break would make this episode? Yes. Now I can see a really good argument for "Do the Evolution" as being the best music video they've ever done. Todd McFarlane is brilliant, and. For me, his animated tale of humanity's obsession with itself at the expense of the earth is brilliantly made. And I think the fact that evolution comes so long after Jeremy came out, six years at the time was a long freaking time. Yeah, it was. Um, I think that aided in its reception, but it was very well done. And I'm still kind of haunted by some of the imagery. I mean, and of course, it helps that the song crushes but i mean you think about like <laughs> the 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 fighter pilot and the laughing and all of a sudden it turns from like the fighter pilot to like the skull in the helmet right I, like some of those images are just still very haunting so i can see that video being someone's favorite especially if you're if you're a younger listener to the band or younger fan i should say of the band and you kind of came up with maybe that was the first thing you saw on television but like, what do you think? What do you think younger listeners, younger fans of the band would think about that versus maybe your your Jeremy's or your or your mind your manners or whatever? Well, you know, I feel like an a song like "Do the Evolution." When it comes to that particular video, it's magnetic. I mean, you can't take your eyes off of it because it's just a constant flow of imagery, and it's diabolical the way that you see humanity essentially. Um, what's the right word here? I mean, Obsess I said, over itself. I mean, well, that's, it's, that's what I said. I said it's yeah. obsession with itself at the expense it, of the earth. It, right. And, and, uh, but not in a way that we see done with retrograde because there are allusions to the way that, 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 you know, white colonization has played a role mm-hmm. on indigenous peoples. And, and I feel like it's, it's more of a social commentary on 
the evolution of society at large and the effect of colonization on indigenous peoples right. and the land by which those peoples once viewed as sacred and continue to view as sacred, which sadly was just, you know, pillaged and plundered by those who would later occupy it. And so to me, that particular video is a history lesson in a lot mm. of ways. Obviously, sensationalized, and is that a word, sensationalized? I think it is. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, it is now. And it is now. <laughs> but also, it's done in a very uh, surrealist fashion in a lot of ways. Mm. And it's amplified in a way that is, uh, it, it kind of encapsulates, encapsulates that pop art shock value quality. Yeah. And it really kind of comes through. So it, it, I thought it was a stellar video, to be honest with you. I, I don't know too many directors who do music videos. Uh, like I, I couldn't pick out, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. But the idea of Todd McFarlane doing this video makes all the sense in the world. Well, the, the way you're describing it makes it sound like Do the Evolution is not your favorite Pearl Jam video. I might be foreshadowing a little bit. You don't know. Okay, don't 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 take that fucking tone with me. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna move on to a, a video called "Life Wasted." It's okay. um, it's weird because it's the first real video I think since, and I say real because it's been it was storyboarded. There was actually some art to it as opposed to, you know, everything that came in between. You know, we got all these live performance videos. By the way, with non-album audio, it's like there were real takes while they were filming. Uh, all the Riot Act songs, so Half Full and The Book Captain and I Am Mine. I think Thumb in My Way got one too. Um, so those aside, Life Wasted was the first one since Evolution to get that treatment. And it's an interesting concept to make. You know, all the guys are kind of part of nature and their faces are being ripped apart or melting or on fire. Or they got like fish swimming through their, their, their skulls or something. And for me, it's a little... It's a little distracting from the music. Like I found myself as I was rewatching it, I almost I almost forgot what music I was listening to because I was so focused on these weird images. So I couldn't really I couldn't remember what the theme of the song was based on what I was watching. Now it's possible that director Fernando Apodaca, if I'm saying that correctly, was going for like a death metaphor. Like you don't if if you waste your life. You'll eventually die and become part of Earth again, but that seems a little seems like a long walk. To that kind of a metaphor. I don't know how you feel about that. About that video. You know, I thought it was. Wait, so is this is this the video for you, or is this another precursor? This is the video. No, this is just. I'm talking about life wasted. I'm just kind of going through okay. the order of, of videos here. I'm not really. You just you're just riffing on this. I'm just riffing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, um, that one never really spoke to me. I thought it was interesting, but it was, uh, look, it was a refreshing departure from what was starting to feel like the band was verging into that. We're just going to make every video a live performance mm -hmm. shtick. So to that degree, I appreciated the video. Yes, but, I would agree. But, <laughs> but I, I kind of feel like with a song like Life Wasted, and again, I'll just throw this one out there. It's not the song that I would argue needs a proper or revised treatment. But I do think with a song like this, there's something about 
portraying somebody coming to this conclusion. And this was a big, big moment in Eddie's life. And it was an important and seminal song in the band's catalog because it was kind of this reverse course Mm. where, you know, and you hear it in the lyrics, I'm never going back again. It was this idea of, gosh, I look back at the angst and the anger and the bitterness and how many moments and years were wasted just, you know, brooding over things. And, and obviously, you know, that was a hallmark of a lot of Pearl Jam's early music. Mm-hmm. just kind of capturing that angst and that disillusionment. But this particular song, I think, could have used something a bit more cathartic in the way, okay, look, the music doesn't match what we see in a song like um, Retrograde, mm-hmm. but something more akin to that in terms of a video where it just kind of shows a, a, a renaissance of thinking um, an evolution, as it were. I hate to, to reference the song we just talked about, but there really is at least in terms of a global perspective on the band's music and evolution happening, evolution happening in this song and with this song. And so I think if I was to, to envision a treatment for this, while I appreciated the artistry of what was done here, I think something bigger maybe was, was called for. Yeah, I think I, I agree exactly. I, I like that this song was chosen for music video. I just feel like Fernando missed it for me. Um, that isn't to say it is the one I'm choosing later on, but I don't want to give that away. Uh, I want to move to Mind Your Manners real quick. It's um, This is an interesting one because it is very performance-driven, but that performance is really wrapped in an animated story. It's really quite an ingenious way that Danny Clinch layered the aesthetic where you have the live performances kind of sandwiched between like this South Park style construction paper animation and yeah. stock news footage, you know, this, this told a story and that's what matters to me when it comes to, as I said at the top of this, when it comes to the music videos, there should be some stories, should be some narrative that we're helping visually what the song is trying to portray. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you've got, you've got this cool dichotomy of styles visually. And I, I think, you know, this is a story that, this told a story, and, and that's what matters, ultimately. It told a story. It was a welcome return to, I think, a proper music video. Um, you know, Sirens came after that and wasn't. But it's not my favorite, even though I do really appreciate it. And I'm going to save my, my favorite choice here, because I want to hear your, your, your take on Mind Your Manners. I mean, you get footage of hurricanes, you know, bombs and explosives going off, gunfire oil spills um that line from eddie tried my my patients tried it's hard to see the parallels between that frustration in the lyrical delivery and the imagery that should elicit parallel and equal frustration on the part of the viewer and listener so i thought it was just a a nice hard punchy in the face track you know it was the Mm -hmm. It, it's not the dad punk song that I wanted. I mean, I got that with Super Blood Wolf Moon, but it was a strong track. I've always enjoyed Minor Manners. I thought the video was a, a, a pretty solid accompaniment to the song, actually. Yeah. Well, I think it sort of brings us to the obvious, um, at least for me. And that is that Jeremy has to be the best music video in my eyes. Um Arguably the most engaging story that they've told in video form in some, or maybe even in the entire catalog. Um, evolution, do the evolution is it's a bigger issue 
as it pertains to human history and especially Western civilization, to your point. Um, but Jeremy is so specific a story about a problem that is so pervasive, especially here in the States, and that it's still relevant. Not that, you know, retrograde is irrelevant from its distant cousin of the evolution, but the performance of Eddie is probably worth all of the accolades that this video has received, has received. But it's so much more than that for me. Director Mark Pellington, I think, and I, I, I'm not breaking news here, nails the casting of Jeremy with Trevor Wilson. And I'm pretty sure... He, he I, Didn't he drown as an adult recently? I think so. I, I think, think he did. I think he was... He had quit acting for a while, and yet he hadn't really been seen or or at least publicly in a long, long time. And he kind of surfaced. And yeah, I think you're right. I think he did. I think he did uh, die in a, in a drowning accident, if I'm not mistaken. But he was so good, and everyone will always remember him in that role. And it's weird about that time that the ten time, the, whatever magic the band had making that record and on that tour, it carried over to Pellington on this video, and. You know, somewhat recently, the uncensored version became available. And if you haven't seen it, please go do so. It's a, it's a little disturbing, but it also makes the video and the song's message that much more powerful for me. Uh, I, I have to imagine, Paul, that this is your favorite as well. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Ooh, I love it. Controversy. Yeah. I just made an uh, assumption here and I was dead wrong. <laughs> go on. What else is there? You know, man. It's funny you mentioned Dead Ron. Just there's so much of the macabre in the visual imagery of a Pearl Jam video. When mm -hmm. you look at the catalog here. You going retrograde? I can, pardon me? You going retrograde? No, I'm not going retrograde. What else is there? I'm so confused. Uh, I'm going with Do the Evolution. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Good, 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 good misdirect. Yeah. I, I really feel like this particular song. It didn't really speak to me when this album came out, to be honest with you. It, it, the, mm. Eddie's kind of like guttural scream at the beginning was a major turnoff for me as a listener. Um, it took me a while, you know, just it had that like megaphone sounding lyrical delivery, just mm -hmm. part of the production. And this video helped me access something in the track that I wasn't able to do otherwise. It helped me see this satirical irony in the track the i mean I, I, obviously that stuff was very latent even just listening to it with right. headphones on and yeah. flipping through the liner notes like we all do when we get a pearl jam record but there was something about the visual manifestation of those lyrics and to try and come into a song like this and to think okay do the evolution how do i capture this the imagination that went into creating this video is second to none mm -hmm. in, in, in my view. As a matter of fact, Mike Rampton actually does a, a deep dive into this video for Kerrang. And it, I encourage everybody to look it up. He, he literally goes a borderline clip by clip, not quite as frequent, but, and really just goes through the imagery and kind of unravels it. And, and this is no disrespect to Mike, but I, I would like to take it a step further. I could see us doing an entire episode just dissecting this video, the visual clips, and just talking about it as it relates to Pearl Jam's music. This, like, this could be a mini-series. That's how much was packed into this thing. It's truly impressive. I've, I've re-watched this video more times than any other Pearl Jam video. 
I've considered using it in a classroom really? as a point of emphasis to teach history. There's some truly impressive stuff going on here. I mean, you kind of cut in and it's the, the speed and scale of it is, is really arresting and jarring to, to a large degree. But also, you're looking at, at, at the fertilization of an egg. You get the Big Bang. And for me, it's reminiscent of a Terrence Malick film by the name of The Tree of Life, which is one of my all-time favorite films. I think it's a beautiful piece of film art. And I, I feel like this is more of like a, I, I referenced this term earlier, more of a pop art version of something like that. Mm-hmm. But you just get kind of dropped into this evolution of us as a species and our relationship with the world in which we inhabit and our relationship with each other as fellow man and woman. And you quickly start to see all of this just disintegrate and, and we devolve into the degenerates that we have the propensity to be as a species. And the animation at the time I thought was fantastic. And, and I, the fact that it still holds up, I think is pretty impressive. You know what it is? It's like the Jurassic Park of music videos. You go back in a lot of ways. It is, but you've got Crusaders. There's there's crosses on fire. I mean, there's there's so much happening in this video, and and there's so much social commentary happening in this video. There aren't any wasted frames. It no, there are not, and it amplifies the central themes and motifs of the song that I don't think any other video form could do. And really, the touching part of it for me is really towards the end of the of the video after you see that the yield sign with like the what mm. looks like bullet holes in it you get this this moment of what what looks like humanity enveloping and devouring itself essentially mm. but it's it's portrayed almost in an ironically happy way which begs the viewer to question would our manifest destiny as a species be to ruin all that we have inherited and been blessed with given the Goldilocks planet on which we live? And is this our natural conclusion or not? And, and that's something Mike kind of, you know, examines in his, his breakdown. And it's something I've always wondered as well. Are, and, and I don't believe this. I, I choose to see the best in humanity. But it's something that oftentimes plagues me as, as a person, as I examine human nature. Are we doomed to essentially become victims of our own self-destructive nature? And the sooner that happens, the better. Is that ultimately the natural conclusion and therefore a happy ending for the planet overall, long term? Well, for I mean, us to, to, to burn out like a supernova before... You know, and, and it's the irony here is if you examine how old the planet is and how little of it we've actually lived mm-hmm. on it, it's like we've had the greatest impact on the planet in, in, in many ways positive, which I don't think enough conversation happens on that front, that, but that's a conversation for another day, but also very negatively impacting the growth and uh, prosperity of the planet, the ecosystems, the uh, environment and the ozone layer. I mean, this, we've already done a, a, a lyric of the week on this thing, but quickly in, in the, with the backdrop of the music video, because that's the theme of this episode that we're talking about, but think about the, the, the title of the song, do the evolution, the idea that we are making evolution happen the way we want it to happen. 
Evolution is not a thing like Charles Darwin thought because we are choosing to inflict our self-obsession on the world. Well, look at the evidence of, of genetic alteration, genetic yeah. manipulation, whether it's, it's the way we manipulate food that we yeah. eat or, 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 you know, who knows where we're heading in terms of, of uh, cloning and whatnot. I mean, there's, man, there are so many ethical, moral, scientific, philosophical questions that this video raises. It, it could literally be the springboard for an entire collegiate course or university course. I, I'm telling you, I, it really is to me the hallmark video of, of the band's catalog. And, and I don't say that in any way, shape, or fashion to serve in, in, in some community of manner towards a video like Jeremy, which will always go down as, I think, the most iconic video of mm. the band's catalog. I guess it and comes so, down I'm to... I'm not saying once... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your flavor? You know, like what, 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 what yeah. you, so for me, I was looking for something that I felt. And, and again, the interesting thing about Jeremy is the conversation generated by that video and that song. Right. And we've talked about this ad nauseum continues to happen. And that's part of the problem. Same thing here for, for, uh, do the evolution. So those two videos, it's amazing how arguably their two best videos spark conversation that there's no, there's no answer in sight. Um, and, and it's funny that I, that concept of no answer being in sight is inherently tied to what will be the lyric of this week, which we'll talk about shortly. Yeah. But all of this stuff is so intermingled in such a way that a lot of Pearl Jam's music, what I think it's what makes it so sustainable, you know, and I've, ma I've mentioned this Mark Twain quote in the past where <laughs> he said that a, a classic is something that demands being reread. They keep raising these questions that we still don't have answers to. And that makes the music all the more relevant even today. There are no wrong answers, just better questions, my friend. Yeah. And I, I think I prefaced this whole thing with like evolution touches on the macro and Jeremy focuses on a more micro issue. Yeah. And both videos find a way to suck you into their world. Look at every frame and, and come out of the other end and go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They, they have, a just poign, they have, there's a poignancy to yeah. both and they're so drastically different in mm -hmm. their presentation. It's a, the same medium and yet so drastically different in the way that each song and the accompanying video leaves you feeling. And it, it's, it, they're impressive. They really are. You mentioned this, a video series uh, or I should say a series. I'm, I, I'm suggesting a possible run of video podcast episodes where we go through these, videos um almost like scene by scene and we watch them as we record and say this scene what did it what did it take and it could be an hour to talk about a three-minute video mm -hmm. but i think in in talking about you you could do a whole course on this i think that's not too much to ask and i think it'd be really cool i mean you're a film guy you're you're a writer i'm i'm a i'm a tv producer so we kind of have these eyes for this kind of thing i would love to get like somebody even smarter than us who's been in film in some capacity for a really long time, who, who understands the narrative building of a film to really help us dissect this. That could be a cool, a cool yeah. experiment as well. I, I think I know a guy. Oh, do you, do I know them? Yeah. Uh, you might. Yeah. You might. We'll talk. We'll Cameron talk Crow? off air. <laughs> that My would be word. outstanding. 
My word. Well, guys, um, I, I, I know that you guys probably assumed we'd get to that point of these two kind of heading um, at each other because you know, there aren't a lot to choose from when it comes to, you know, quote unquote, proper music videos. Great segue. There is a reason. And that reason is, um, well, I should say, please let us know which one you would prefer because I, I have to assume it's probably one of those two. But if it's not, let me know. Do you like Mind Your Manners? Do you like Life Wasted? Do you like Retrograde? Do you like, what, do you, what do you like most? Let us know. But yeah. that brings us to the second part of this thing, which uh-huh. is of all those 20 some odd videos that have been made that aren't quote unquote proper, they don't have that film narrative, that proper treatment as we were calling it, which one should have? Which one would you like to go back and redo? There are alternate versions of some of these videos. Which one should get the alternate version retrospectively and done the quote unquote right way? Paul, you lead it off, my friend. This is an easy one for me, man. Sirens. Oh, interesting choice. Tell me why. <sighs> it th- There's just this beautiful, uh, and again, and, and we spoke about overrated, underrated. We talked at mm-hmm. length about this track, but Part of the reason I think this song doesn't resonate as much as it can is there really is a beautiful narrative happening here. Um, this the band sought out to create a ballad and they did so. How, how do you? I mean, look, <laughs> Guns and Roses did November Rain, mm-hmm. and we see a story unfold. <laughs> so, if you're gonna do your uh, your your ballad, let's let's get a legit video. And I'm totally fine with with intercutting between the band playing live and us seeing this narrative unfold. But I don't feel like we get that. I feel like it because it, it, we don't. It's just basically the you band want playing. Mike McCready wailing on a solo in front of a tiny little chapel in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need it to be that melodramatic. But uh, I do think that. Lyrically, when, when you look at the song and, and you, you think about the band all singing together, they were really trying to do something big here. And big deserves a better treatment than this, in my view. And this is no disrespect. Man, seeing Pearl Jam live is cathartic. It's amazing. There's nothing wrong with the band saying, you know what, we're going to play something live for you and film it and let you have it. And it That's was shot awesome. really well. Really cool. It, use not of only light. was it shot well, but there's a version of the song that goes with this. You know what I'm saying? It's similar mm-hmm. to even flow where the audio is, is essentially a live track. And so that the, the audio version of the video for sirens, I think is actually superior than the mastered produced cut on the album itself. So I do appreciate what they put together, but I just felt visually speaking, there is an opportunity here that was missed. And, and I, I would have always wanted to kind of see the song manifest itself in the form of a story. And again, you know, it, there are lots of Pearl Jam songs that could be created and turned into videos. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But in terms of the songs that they have created videos for, this one to me was a song where as I'm watching them play the song, as I'm watching the music unfold, I can't help but feel like I want to see a cutaway to the story that the lyrics yeah. seem to be sharing with me. And I don't necessarily get that with, with the same strong urgency that I do with this track. I think that's a great take. Uh, there are a number of videos or, or so I should say songs that could demand um, a better version. I think Worldwide Suicide could have a great option. 
Yeah. I think Dance of the Clairvoyance could have had a great option. No question there. Um, I think I think I Am Mine could have been great. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be really boring. I'm going to be that guy who's going to be, look at me, I'm talking about the early stuff. For me, it's got to be even flow. Oh, wow. That yeah, one I was actually comfortable with being live. Just because, you know, we got Josh, we have the lights. It was an introduction into who Pearl Jam was on stage. I thought that that video. We got I that with a live. We got that with a live video. That's fair. That's fair. So the reason I think it's even before the Ed, of, of, of the song, the what? The, the social commentary on homelessness. Yes. You, you feel. Yes. Okay. So, so I'm a sucker for serious issued songs to get a proper treatment. And even before Ed finally told us a couple of years ago, specifically, who and what this song was about, we could all see that there was a story there. Maybe about a guy with mental problems, but you know, we couldn't quite make out how those problems came to be. It was just kind of vague enough. But imagine that level of poetry with a video to accompany it. Imagine the level of storytelling and filmmaking that Jeremy Revolution got applied to this narrative. It would be brilliant. And especially right now, as we're driving through parts of town, parts of LA here, where funny enough, we went to dinner a couple nights ago with some friends of ours, downtown Los Angeles. My wife used to live in um, some lofts down there, um, which you know, the parts of downtown have been kind of revitalized over the last seven, eight, nine years, where there's some really nice buildings with loft apartments. And it's cool. It's It's got a downtown, maybe Brooklyn vibe to it. But right around the corner, literally, are is Skid Row. And so I don't know if you've seen the uh, Cecil Hotel documentary about that girl that drowned herself in the in the water tanks, but that is basically a dilapidated kind of hostel like. It's right there in Skid Row. It's right there, and, and it used to be, and it was right next to, or is right next to, the ho- the loft apartment that she used to live in. Weirdly enough, that's how close these little blocks and neighborhoods are. And she goes, well, "Want to see my old apartment?" I go, "Yeah, sure." She goes, oh, by the way, here's Cecil and here's Skid Row. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It was like four blocks long. I don't think I've ever really noticed or maybe even actively driven through that area. I've lived here for seven or what year is this? 15 years? Never drove through Skid Row. That's... Now, you and I have talked about the homelessness problem around us in our neighborhood, yeah, neck have. of the woods. And it's not good on the, on the overpasses from the highway. It's not good at all. You go down to Skid Row, it's an absolute, it looks like if you saw news footage of the refugee camps in like Turkey or something like that, of like all the Syrians leaving. That's kind of what it looks like in a, in a downtown urban habitat. It's fucked. And I, I think, I think maybe that kind of impressed upon me, this thing of like, you know, what this pandemic has done to a number of people in that, in that capacity has shown a bigger spotlight on, on the problem that was already there, but now it's even amplified and so it's been in the back of my brain. And so I think of a song like Even Flow and how powerful it is, not only musically, but thematically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said, you know, I said before, we, we knew what the song was about vaguely enough to know that there should have been something to kind of fill in the gaps for us. We didn't need to have Ed tell us nearly 30 years later what it was about. They wow. could have given a really beautifully done, artful piece of film to accompany this. And I don't know... I don't know that they could have ever gotten higher than they were with with Jeremy, you know, right. to, to superstardom, but this could have done it. And 
I should add, you know, to your point about about uh, Josh, it would have been a shame not to have, you know, Ed telling Josh that this is, in fact, a fucking rock concert and not a TV show. But I would have <laughs> taken it because we would have gotten it eventually on the vault release. And so I've been happy with that. But even flow is such a strong and powerful message that I really think that video would fucking murder. You know, it's funny you say that because that song was long held as this, you know, frat boy anthem of the early 90s. And I can't help but wonder if the video for it was essentially this commentary on homelessness, if it would have elicited the same reaction from so many people. I, I, you know what I mean? I wonder if people would kind of view the song differently today if the video was not a bunch of young people, you know, crowd surfing and (laughs) rocking out and instead was a video of people down on their luck and and really struggling with the cost of living and this pervasive issue of homelessness that continues to plague us as a, as a society. So did did, did counting crows, Mr. Jones lose any credibility or, or popularity because of it? I mean, not at all. Kind of a similar story. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, I hadn't thought of that. So don't get me wrong. When you, when you suggested even flow, it's not like I thought sacrilege, but (laughs) I also felt, you know, in retrospect, when I think of that song, I was like, oh, that's just vintage life Pearl Jam. But you're right about. There's a story. There's a story story. there and it's an important story. And it's one of those songs that I think, but the, the irony here, like I said, is that I bet you the song would have an entirely different legacy today. Now, to be fair, the band wasn't big yet when that was out in the airwaves. It wasn't until Jeremy did they go straight up. True, true. So it may not have made a difference in the moment. It may have only, it may have only let them go up sooner if it had any kind of positive effect. Yeah. But this is all retrospective. It sounds like a what if. <laughs> I think we just did that. Yeah, I think we just did that. All right. Let, let us know what you think. Uh, there's like... 20 other videos that we that we did not even mention that should have gotten that they they should all have good videos, proper videos. Tell us what you think. What did I, what did I get wrong? I know Paul what did we get wrong. wrong. What did I get wrong? I didn't get anything. Just just let Jason know what he got wrong. There you go. That's that's the ticket. <laughs> Let's go to lyric of the week. All lyric of the week this week comes from. Avocado or yeah. self-titled Pearl Jam, and it's from Gone. Feel like a question is for me, and the answer is for me. I will be what I could be once I get out of this time. Okay, Paul, gone. Middle of the record, Avocado, 2006. What do you got for me on this one? A little personal for me on this one. Um, I thought you might go there. Yeah, you know, I just, you just can't help but sometimes find yourself in a place in your life where you, and I I referenced this earlier, obviously. That was the, the segue shout out. There's a question. You know, 
questions form. And, and I feel like they form at very important seminal, I keep using this word and I apologize, seminal points in our lives, but we don't see those answers. And we just start looking at our surroundings and we start asking ourselves, has, has what brought us here, has, that, has it lost its light? And if it loses its light, to the lyrics point, does the feeling go with it? And if so, where, where do you recapture that? Where do you find that? And then you start questioning, well, wait a minute, am I just chasing this effervescent, you know, feeling that is not sustainable? It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's um, this trifle thing that essentially is fleeting and then it, it's, it's, it's with me and then it's gone. And so it's just a question that I think everybody finds you ask yourself when you're in a place long enough, whether you grew up there or you moved somewhere. And, and this to me, in, in a lot of ways, is a more evolved version of elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. Mm. And not just because of the reference of city lights, but also because it, it's a similar question, you know, of, of just thinking to yourself, what else is out there? Have I exhausted the possibilities, the opportunities for self-awareness and personal growth, for professional development where I am? And is there something else out there? And is it out there for me, not because I'm bored or because um, I feel unfulfilled, but more because I've, you know, we talk about doing the evolution because I've evolved. Have I evolved to a point where I need to start examining where I am, but also more importantly, where I'm supposed to be moving forward. And is that here or is that somewhere else? And so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a question that I have found myself asking myself more often on a lot of levels, personally, professionally. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lyric that's speaking to me now more than it has in the past. And uh, it was on my mind and I went with it. I like it. I like when we pick things that are kind of a uh, spur of the moment. We don't mm-hmm. overthink the, the song choice for the week. Uh, this one I find interesting because it's one of those songs that never really stood out to me on the record. Um, but nonetheless, when you, when we pick these songs, we dive deep into the lyrics. I always find something that's, that's the beauty of pros. Yeah. So for me, obviously, um, and for anybody, it's about escapism, you know, and that's nothing new to Pearl Jam. And it wasn't new in 06 when this album came out. And there's something about the focus of this song being just Ed and his guitar, even of course the whole band does play, but it feels like it's just Ed with you and it's a guitar. And that really makes you feel like Ed is sharing an intimate moment with you. And those are the best, those are the best songs, right? You get a really similar right, yeah, exactly. You get a similar vibe. With Thumbing My Way, To a Lesser Extent, MFC, both of which are about heading off somewhere by yourself, mm-hmm. no surprise. Both Ed songs, all Ed songs. So what is Ed trying to run from? And you know, what are his demons? And whatever they are, they connect with people. They did in 1990. They do today, whichever form they take. And I'm not going to lie and say that this is one of the most finer efforts. But if you're in a specific headspace... And especially if you're in your car by yourself driving, 
And this one hits and it's, it hits really it's a well. Classic Pearl Jam car song. <laughs> <laughs> Rearview mirror, MFC, like I said. So it's not so fast. Um, it's, I should say it's, it's not fast. So it doesn't necessarily push you to drive dangerously for being very literal about it. It just kind of sits there with you almost like, almost like Ed is riding shotgun in spirit and you've got a friend in Ed, if only in that spirit. And it's, it's really what Ed does best. It really, really is. And he's listening to you by singing the song at you. And I've mentioned that before with all the songs that, that hit the best in the hardest and the deepest, it's the songs where Ed and the band make you feel like they are listening to you by playing at you, um, and, which is the, the absolute pinnacle of their live show and why they are so good when people come back and back and back. The imagery in this song is, it's really simple, if sometimes cheesy. I mean, this section of, of lyrics doesn't include the money in the bank line, but I think these speak to the greater metaphor the best. You mentioned it at the top of your, at the top of your uh, analysis. Feels like a question is forming and the answer is far. Whatever you're seeking is not here. You must go to it. You must search it out. Sometimes driving clears the head. And even if the lights of the city aren't literal, like they could be for you, Paul, the simple <laughs> act of a location change can flip the switch to get you out of your funk. And at the end of the day, it's about agency not wallowing in the sorrow or whatever it is that is weighing on you. And that's the key with this song. It's not necessarily about running away from your problems as it is searching for a solution. And the subject is actively looking to find better days. It's confident though. It's not sorrowful. They've already made the decision. The sorrow is in the past. And this is a lesson to be applied to all those who listen. Take action. Have the confidence to make your fate. Think about the ending of Rearview Mirror. It's the same thing. That shit's in my past. Fuck that. Right. I am moving on. And this is just a, a more mature version. Uh, and I don't mean that um, uh, condescendingly. It's more no, mature just in life experience and wisdom. Right. It's a more wise version. Well, I mean, well, you know, said. it's, what is it, 12, 13 years later? Right, right, right. This composition? It, so that may be obvious to some people, but it is, it is the wiser version of a reaction you get in Rearview Mirror. But, the, but at the end of the day, it, both the subject are finding, finding. Doesn't it have that um, fast car by Tracy Chapman feel to it? Yeah. I've always loved that song. And I, I, I love that, that narrative, that story. And I feel like um, the more I, f I sit with this song, it's a song I'm, I'm starting to appreciate more and more. Cause I'm with you. When I first heard the track, Sonically, I loved it at first. I thought, oh, this is cool. It's kind of a change of pace from what we were getting from songs like Comatose and, uh, you know, Big Wave and, and so on. But it lost its luster pretty quickly for me. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of felt like it, you know, it was there and then it, it, it didn't really go where I wanted it to go. But the more I sit with the song and meditate with it, you know, and this is it with Pearl Jam's music, you know, and you and I have talked about this a lot. We often find that as we grow older and evolve, that certain songs speak to us at various intervals in our lives. And when those moments happen, we suddenly find a connection with a track that we did not know existed before because it didn't. It's existing in the now. And it affords you the opportunity to discover a newfound relationship 
with a very small part of the band's history and you find a song that you are suddenly creating history with that you didn't have history with before it's a fun experience and it's one of those things that again you know pearl jams music it demands re-listening and and you know think here about we are. Band, <laughs> think about it like slayer i like slayer but their records don't change that much from one to the next as far as how they sound as a whole they kind of sit mm. in their groove and they murder that groove really really well and there's they are wrong one with of the that. seminal heavy metal bands of all time seminal if miss if fred rogers were here what yeah the it's, it's, here? It, it's the it, or peewee what was the show <laughs> the word of the day i forget which one it was Pee-wee's playhouse yeah there you go so <laughs> seminal <Yeah>, that's <laughs> <laughs> but the but the beauty about Pearl Jam, and I love them for 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 different ways, and I like I like Slayer just fine. But like the reason why Pearl Jam is so great, or the reason one of the reasons for me at least is that they have evolved. They have they have you know as they've grown, they've found new ways to relate to the problems that they have, yeah. and, and 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 there's a lot of fans that curse the fact that they have because they love that original sound i am so incredibly grateful for it because i don't know if i would be nearly the fan i am today if they hadn't yeah and and to your point about finding the song when it when it hits you some people just never and god bless them that they like a certain style of music and and that maybe the content doesn't matter as much as what it sounds like musically and that's fine i totally get that there are some people though that it just doesn't work for them thematically, but you find it in time. You find it in time. And I think about, you know, as, as we've, you know, when were they making a song like, like gone? It was 2005, 2006. So that mm-hmm. was what, um, how many years ago is that? 17 years ago, 16 years ago, 16 years ago. So I'll, I'll give myself away. I, I would have been, uh, Oh my God, I can't do math. What is that? Um, What's 39 minus, I'm almost 39, 39 minus 16, 23. So when I was 23 years old, I, I did not, that's not hitting me the, the same way. Now they were closer to the age I am now. They're, they were in their right. early 40s, 42, 43, something like that. Much closer to where I am now. That makes sense. So as we get older, we kind of meet up where they were at the time. And if we're evolving emotionally and, and mentally in a similar maybe kind of way as them, even though they're experiencing completely different things because they're fucking massive rock stars <laughs> on a human level, we're going to have some of the same reactions. It's like, Oh shit. Now I get that song, right? You know, 10 years ago. Oh, now I get no code. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of <laughs> shit that happens. And yeah. I only hope that you guys experience the, the band the same way that Paul and I are in that regard. So yeah, I feel like going off on a tangent there, but that's okay. I appreciated it okay. and can relate. Can you appreciate a live cut of the week? I hope so. It's a terrible segue, but I'm going to do it anyways. Here we go. (laughs) Ready to stand up! Live card of the week, Paul. We're doing Gone. We're doing Gone from Pearl Jam. And uh, so mid-2000s, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, something like that. What do you got? Live at the Gorge, buddy. Mm. July 22nd. It's it's an iconic box set of Pearl Jam's best music. It it really is a fantastic series of uh shows and what are there four discs in there? 
Well, it's two shows and they're both very long. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's four discs. Loved every minute of it. This particular version here, they really, the placement is great. Mm. But more importantly than that, there's something about the solitude of the opening to this track because it really is just adding a guitar. And then as it slowly envelopes you into this kind of hushed, introspective, quiet, the band comes in and the production values through the roof because they, they put it together as a box set. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be, you know, your typical cardboard cutout, uh, you know, binaural bootleg. And again, that's, I say this and it comes out the wrong way. I love those. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> the digging production, that grave, digging that grave, digging that <laughs> the production value on, on the live at the gorge set is just, it's, it's better. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, and I love it. I don't know, man. It, it, to me, it's, 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 fr- it's from the album tour and the production is top notch. The legacy of this particular show coupled with, what the song is slowly evolving to mean to, 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 I think a lot of people, it makes for a perfectly epic live cut. July 22nd, 2006 in George Washington.
reason why I know this is a great pick is because as Ed finishes the intro, man, that the pick scrape with delay that Mike does right at the very end before Ed comes in, it's it's so perfect with how he's he must have been. I'm gonna nerd out guitar wise for just a second here. He must have been hitting the tap tempo button on his on his delay there because it it flows perfectly. And some people don't care about their 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 guitar players their delay being in time with the song the tempo. But sometimes you need it. And this is one of those times where it just sounds so cool the way that he hits his scrape that it's like if if Ed's chugging along on the main riff and you hear that come out of your other speaker your your left side you're like ooh and it kind of just takes you in another direction and it it adds so wonderfully to that simple intro and this show as you mentioned legendary um especially as far as modern shows go you can tell by how tight the band is reason why they did this for a reason um reason why they did this for a reason well Jason, you lose your mind <laughs> there's a reason why they did this and uh, I feel like there's some telepathic stuff happening between the band, uh, especially between Mike and Ed. And that very first part that I mentioned with the pick scrape is the, is the, is the very top of that. But the way he kind of flutters around Ed and compliments him is just fantastic. I really enjoyed Ed's short little vocal outro line. It floats around the music in such a way that I don't think we hear too much from Ed. I don't think he tries it that much anymore. He, he's very much kind of, I don't want to say cookie cutter these days, but you know, he, he knows which things get a rise out of the crowd, which things don't, and doesn't try too, too much. Anymore. Oh, he's evolved as a showman. Yes. He's very yeah. much in the, in the Mick Jagger realm of like, I'm going to play the hits that I know this crowd's going to love. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And more power to him. Yeah. yeah. But he tried some more things as we go farther back in time. And this was a really cool instance of a modern version of a little vocal ad lib. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. And, and on that note, when they finally, finally get back on tour, I cannot wait to see what they tried. I, I, I cannot imagine that there are not surprises in store here. Yeah. And just to, I, we started this episode with, with uh, Mike McCready news and I'll end it with Mike McCready news. He was recently interviewed by a bunch of folks, spin magazine and AP and stuff like that. And he mentioned how, he cannot wait to get on the road because when they were rehearsing this stuff, he was like, yeah, how, yeah. how will this sound live? No idea how this is going to sound no live. Idea. We're just going to yeah. try. We're just going to figure it out and, and see what works and see what doesn't work. And I'm so effing jazzed for the possibility of that in the near future. I mean, Paul, we're finally, we think, opening up in reality in a couple of months here in California where we apparently we're doing vaccinations very well. So Let's keep thinking good thoughts. Let's keep doing the right thing. And let's get these shows on the road because I am effing jacked up for some live music, especially from our boys in Pearl Jam. Ditto, as Patrick Swayze would say. So with that, guys, um, we've got more coming up. we got another one next week. Uh, we've got a little chat coming up. Our friends from Black Circle are back again. And our friend Anthony from Touring Fan Live, we will discuss. Um, the, he's got a... a a charity benefit coming up and Black Circle is a part of it and we're going to talk to them uh, about their involvement and uh, one of your other favorite bands Candlebox is performing so we yeah. got some questions for, for Anthony on that so uh, until we talk to you the next time guys you have been listening to The State of Love and Trust The State of Love and Trust